From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, the National Pension Fund is expected to completely run dry by 2055, two years earlier than initially projected. President Yoon Sung-yeol stresses the sharing of information regarding human rights conditions in North Korea in preparing for unification. And the indoor mask mandate, the remaining social distancing regulation amid the COVID-19 pandemic, will be lifted next week. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Kwon jang Experts predict the National Pension Fund will begin to run a deficit from the year 2041 and completely run dry by 2055, two years earlier than initially projected. An expert committee dedicated to estimating pension-related finances issued the grim outlook on Friday based on the current pace and in the absence of reforms. It is their fifth such projection that has been released every five years since 2003. According to the assessment, the existing pension system, assuming that it maintains its current structure, will see more revenue than expenditure for the next 20 years. Funds currently at 915 trillion won are expected to peak at around 1,755 trillion won in 2040. However, from the following year, expenses will outpace revenue and the pension fund will likely dry up by 2055, two years faster than the previous estimate issued in 2018. The latest projection factors in population and the economy, but compared to five years ago, the outlook has become more grim due to an ageing society and worse off macroeconomic conditions. President Yoon Sung-yeol has stressed the importance of making preparations for the unification of the two Koreas, according to the unification minister. Minister Kwon Young-se relayed the remark made by Yoon during the ministry's New Year policy briefing on Friday. Yoon said that preparation is required for unification and that it will not come without effort. He also said that it's important to accurately inform the South Korean people and the international community about North Korea's politics, economy, culture and society, and especially the regime's human rights situation. According to Kwon, Yun called on the Unification Ministry to play a bigger role in sharing such information, even with those in North Korea. South Korea plans to seek increased contact with North Korea and strive to improve human rights in the isolated regime this year. The Unification Ministry unveiled its 2023 blueprint at a policy briefing with President Yoon Sung-yeol held at the former presidential office of Chung Wade on Friday. This includes pursuing direct and indirect contact through civic groups and international organizations in a bid to diffuse strained inter-Korean relations. During the briefing, Unification Minister Kwon Young-se said that despite difficulties expected in cross-border ties this year as well, the ministry will remain steadfast and work towards establishing peace and prosperity on a nuclear-free Korean peninsula. It will also fine-tune a detailed action plan for Yun's proposal for an audacious initiative unveiled last year, which promises economic aid to Pyongyang in return for denuclearization steps. 
North Korea has criticized South Korea at a United Nations session reviewing the human rights conditions of member states. During the Universal Periodic Review of South Korea at the UN office in Geneva on Thursday, the North Korean ambassador to the UN, Han Dae-sung, expressed deep concerns over what he called the ongoing systematic and widespread violations of human rights in South Korea. Ambassador Han recommended South Korea to abolish the provocative North Korean Human Rights Act, the National Security Law, and other quote-unquote evil laws, claiming that they run counter to the international human rights law. The South Korean delegation rejected Han's recommendation of abolishing the North Korean Human Rights Act, saying that the act was enacted in 2016 in consideration of deep concerns by the international community over the human rights conditions in North Korea. People in South Korea will no longer need to wear masks in most locations from Monday when the blanket indoor mask mandate will be lifted. However, authorities continue to urge the public, especially those deemed at high risk, to get vaccine booster shots. Kim Soyeon has this report. Starting Monday, the indoor mask mandate will be eased from a requirement to recommendation for most facilities. This includes restaurants, shopping malls, and places of work. However, the mandate will remain effective for high-risk facilities, such as nursing homes, hospitals, pharmacies, and on public transportation. In line with this transition, health authorities urge those at high risk, such as seniors, people with a weakened immune system, or underlying diseases, to get booster shots if they had not done so already. 31,711 additional people had tested positive for COVID-19 in the latest daily count on Friday, up around 4,000 compared to a week earlier. Out of the new cases, 49 were from overseas, including 20 from China. Despite the daily case count rising on a Friday for the first time in five weeks, authorities attributed the jump to hangover effect from less testing during the Lunar New Year holiday and said that virus indicators show the situation in the country remains stable. The government also announced that it will reduce the number of COVID-19 designated beds from 5,800 to 3,900 as the virus reproduction number fell for the third consecutive week, remaining below one. And with the occupancy rate of intensive care beds for critically ill COVID-19 patients standing at 20.8 percent as of Friday. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization will discuss on Friday whether to retain the status of public health emergency of international concern for COVID-19, three years after its initial designation. The decision will be based on assessments of response capabilities of the international community, the possible emergence of new variants, and the recent spike of infections in China. Kim Soyeon, KBS World Radio News. Vaccination against COVID-19 will be expanded to children as young as six months from mid-February. The Career Disease Control and Prevention Agency announced on Friday that the shots will be offered to children between six months and four years of age from February 13th. Currently, vaccinations have only been available to children as young as five. Meanwhile, the government said it will extend short-term visa restrictions for travellers from China in the wake of an uptick in COVID-19 cases in the country by a month until the end of next month. The main opposition Democratic Party slammed the prosecution for being prejudiced a day before party leader Lee Jae-myung is set to appear for questioning on his alleged role in the Sungnam land development scandal. At a Supreme Council meeting on Friday, DP floor leader Park Hong-gun accused the prosecution of being politically motivated in devising an investigation aimed at covering up the administration's incompetence and weaknesses. 
Park claimed that the state agency was deliberately leaking distorted information to sway the media, fishing for a witch hunt like trial. He also claimed their tyranny had reached a level unheard of even during military dictatorship. The ruling People Power Party, on the other hand, called on DP leader E to quietly cooperate in the prosecution's investigation into his alleged role in the Hungnam land development scandal. At a party meeting on Friday, PPP floor leader Chuo Young accused E of seeking political cover by visiting the liberal stronghold in the southwestern Chola region before his summons, adding that if he is innocent, he has nothing to fear. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index (KOSPI) rose 15.37 points, or 0.62 percent, on Friday to close the week at 2,484.02. The tech-heavy Kosdaq also rose, gaining 2.31 points, or 0.31 percent, to close at 741.25. On the foreign exchange, the local currency weakened 0.61 against the dollar, closing at 1,231.31. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's news centre in Seoul. I'm Kwon Jang-woo.